Well, hey guys, welcome to tonight's version of California Haunts Radio. We have some great guests for you tonight. We're going to talk Bigfoot with Sean and Sherry tonight. Uh, they run, as I as I put on the chat thing, they run the uh, Bigfoot Evidence page on Facebook. So I'm really eager to talk with them. So without further ado, let's get on with this, shall we? Hello. 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 How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Let me get, let me get closer. There we go. <laughs> there. We're, we're husband and wife. We can get close. I got the wrong head buzzing. This is how my night's been. I've had technical issues. <laughs> the computer wasn't starting up. I was getting ready to switch to my cell phone, and then I had the earbuds in. <laughs> I'm so oh. sorry. Can you hear us better now? Yes, I hear you perfect now. Okay, awesome. <laughs> how are you guys? We're doing good. How are you doing? It's great, great. It's wonderful. The weather's good, except for the rain. But we needed the rain anyway. But I mean, the weather's been really nice. Definitely. Yeah, we um, we looked at the profile and we saw that you were in Sacramento, just like we are. Fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. I have been interested in in Bigfoot all of my life. I have like not every book, but I have some older books on it that I got up on Mount Rainier and stuff. And um, I was so glad to find you guys, you know, to talk to. Yeah. Well, we're glad to be here with you. I mean, that we we are a little bit more of a, we're bringing information to people, sure. times, uh, getting that out there. Um, but this guy, you know, he's been out on a lot of uh, research stuff, especially at the Sierra Kill site, the Justin Smea site. Right. Yeah, that, that was when I was doing the Bigfoot Evidence blog. It was on Blogspot. And there was a lot of uh, drama. There's a lot of gossip, you know. And that was a couple of years ago. And um, I tell you what, all that gossip and drama, uh, it, you can only handle so much. So I was like, you know, I just want to report Bigfoot sightings, you know. Awesome. But yeah. It, report uh, the news. It's much sure. more than Just like me, report the news. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, you know, like you say, he's, you've been on, on, on hunts, obviously, for it. What do they do during those hunts? Because a lot of people see, you know, they see that stuff on TV, okay. but they don't realize what goes on. All right. Um, you know, it's Sherry, because I've been on a lot of these uh, hunts. And uh, that was a couple of times. Uh, I took Sherry. She's a, a normie. <laughs> Sherry's a normie. And what do you think about our expedition when we go to these uh, sites, Sherry? Like, um, what what do you see? Like, what, are, what's, what are people like? Um, you know what? No, you always have a few particular people there. You have the people that are more about the adventure itself. Um, you have uh, the people that are the hardcore believers. And then you have the people that are more of a hardcore skeptics. And it's always nice if you have all three of those people together. It, it makes for a, 
a lot of fun to watch how they do this stuff. You've got the hardcore believers that go out there and they're willing to take the time to go deep in and mm -hmm. find things. And then you've got the skeptics that's kind of pushing back. So that way there's balance there because it's, it can be easy to just always be like, Hey, this, uh, this frog over here sounds like a Bigfoot. And then you have, and if you just have nothing but skeptics, then a really strange sound in the middle of the night, they're like, no, that's nothing. So you need both. Okay. okay. And that's what I noticed out there uh, when I was just observing how they do things. And then the adventure people, they're the ones that are like, you heard something over there? Okay, I'm going to go down that cliff. You know, yes, you, you've got sure. those people. Oh, yeah. That's the adventure people. You know, the axe that we, we bring to cut wood. <laughs> We're like, we're like out there, you know. <laughs> this guy's a little bit more of the adventure guy. <laughs> There's some pretty crazy stuff that goes on um, so it's, uh, some of these expeditions, you know. And um, yeah, we can get into that later if you want. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, a friend of mine was, was, was going to join uh, BFRO. Uh -huh. And uh, he has shown me the handbook. And some of the stuff in there is pretty wild that they have oh. people do. Because I thought about yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to set parameters, you know. Um, there's a lot of rules when you go out with these people because a lot of people actually they spend a lot of money um like getting prepared and 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 just this is this is their this is their adventure, you know. And this is like kind of like their vacation, and you can't have one person just spoiling it for everybody. Sometimes you get like like um really obnoxious people. You know, okay. people who just uh, mean, or maybe some someone who brings like a weapon, like they're not supposed to. You know, right. that's these parameters. Um, but that's one parameter. That's another thing that um, I I kind of disagree with um, when you go out with uh, some of these people is that you go out there with um, these um, the what do you call it the night vision the night vision um, sure. cameras, and they have the infrared right which you can't see, human beings can't see them, but the infrared spectrum, um, the animals can, right? Right. I mean, can. So I have one of these really high power infrared thing. I can't see them, you know? Right. But the Bigfoot research, the Bigfoot research, they can see them. They're like, hey, I can see that. I was like, are you sure? Because I can't see it. And I think they're beginning to have Bigfoot vision after being out there for a while because I can't see these things. And they, so we're not allowed to shine our infrared light just anywhere because I got this infrared filter that Sherry got for me. Yeah, basically what we did um, yeah. is that the since uh, since we know that these cameras, um, if you have just a regular camera that can record in night vision you need to you need to be able to project light out there for it to be mm -hmm. able to record anything so um i came up with a idea a long time ago and i have a massive mag light and i got um some that ir filter that to put on the end and they were able to do recording i think it was with a canon camera mm -hmm. um but do night the night or the night time recording with it using that light and you can't see the light coming through the IR filter but the hardcore you know people that are anti IR lights they're like no 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 turn it off turn it off yeah they, they believe that one of the reasons why it's really hard to capture any Bigfoots on a game cam the game cam they operate 
using that light, you know, infrared light. Yeah. They think that the Bigfoots, they can see the 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 game cams emitting infrared light. Like it flashes like every couple of seconds or 15 seconds or something. Whenever like that. it detects motion. Oh, yeah. Or something. So it flashes. And they think that the Bigfoots avoid this, you know, avoid these cameras because they can see them, you know. And um, I didn't really believe that 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 um, these trail cams were um, were emitting light that powerful. I don't know. I just didn't really believe it. Okay, I was a newbie. Right. But right. so they gave me the goggle, the night vision goggle, and they say, "Point your camera over there." You know, I didn't know where. This is at night, okay. and I can actually see the light flashing from from the game cam. I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Yeah. And if you watch um, the animals that would normally come out at night on the on game camera things, um, when they take the picture, they're like, oh, hey, <laughs> you know, so they obviously are seeing something. And I, I guess it's a bit of a thing between Bigfoot researchers about whether Bigfoot can or Bigfoot can't. Okay. Yeah, it's a debate. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So this so this page you have on Facebook, like you say, it's it's. It's 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 evidence. Where do you get the evidence to, to post on there or the news to post on there? We just the keep an eye out online. Uh, do a lot of just going through stuff, watching videos. I have watched so much videos, so much, and you kind of get to the point where you can do it pretty fast. But it, it it's a lot of a lot of time consumption to be able to find these reports out there because there's a lot of people out there that find something that looks really legitimate, mm -hmm. but they're like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. We, we, we actually get a lot. You just can't read them all. There's so many, but we just randomly go through and um, just kind of like do a shake and, <laughs> and just pick out one randomly because we get so many. And some of them is pretty questionable, you know. And I think I think sometimes you get these trolls that make up these stories, mm -hmm. and um, and hoping that you post them, you know. You sure. can tell it, it almost plays like a movie, you know. But right. you can tell which one are legitimate, you know, because they give a lot of information. But it's it's hard though. It's hard because um, some and some people they think everything's a bigfoot. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's sometimes that we'll hear uh, videos with howls on it, um, mm -hmm. but we can kind of, that you can identify the type of howl and you're like, hmm, okay, probably not. But, you know, for a lot of people, they're like, that is definitely a Bigfoot. Yeah. But they, but they kind of skipped over checking what animals would make those noises in their area first. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, but there are some rare occasions, though, when, People send us videos of actual uh, bipedal creature, furry, and everything. Um, what was that one? That salt fork one. We were the first one to get that video. You remember that one? Yeah. The, so there are some mm -hmm. that you look at it and you're like, okay, that looks uh, pretty legit there. And so we post those ones. But yeah, it's the, basically the way that we get all these is a lot of just scrolling through stuff, digging through, and then uh, people send us stuff too. Yeah, that was a recent one that someone sent us last week. And this one was from Alberta, Canada. Uh -huh. And um, maybe you want to tell a story. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess they were up at a lake and you can see like a, a large dark figure um, up on the side of the mountain. And 
you and when you look at other photos of that area there's no large dark tree there uh -huh. so obviously there's something large and dark there and they recorded it for a little while and that area also happens to be a place that a lot of really good reports came out of uh -huh. so that's one that we did a separate video about and we shared that one um and that was trent chief yeah trent chief he's the person who shared that with yeah us. He, he was just out hiking with his um with his brother i think or his friends and then, um, yeah i think it was hiking and fishing or fishing i can't remember exactly what he was doing because i care more about the bigfoot there yeah <laughs> and and they look up on this mountainside it's like dark massive thing we put a video up on our Facebook, but um, they said they said it was there for a while. Um, so I, I asked him for more information. He hasn't responded yet. Like I, I want to, I just want to know like like did, how how did it move? You know, like that. Right. In that. Um, because it looks like they were close enough to get a pretty good look at it with their eyes, but right. they record with their with their phone, and you know things on the phone that don't show up really clear at all. Right. Unless you have the new iPhone, you know, the one, the Pro Max? Yes. It's really good. Um, <laughs> Jerry just got one last week, and we tested it out. Man, that zoom on that thing. Um, it's it's really cool because normally when you zoom in with a camera phone, yeah, it it's really shaky, you know, because you like, really tight onto something. Um, but with this new one, it, it keeps it stable. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, that's why um, I was real disappointed in the iPhone 11 because they took the zoom away. Oh, they did? The zoom on. Yeah, the iPhone 11, had, the, the zoom's not there. It's They designed it wide angle. Oh, okay. So you lose your zoom, so you physically oh. got to do the zoom, and the zoom really sucks on it. So. Uh, yeah, the, the, oh, they improved it a lot so hopefully that hopefully as we go through a few years of you know people slowly integrating into whatever camera is in this one hopefully we'll start seeing some better zoomed in footage i mean that's what i'm always hoping for i'm really really hoping all the time you know yes we can get really good footage at one yeah point. yeah many times um a lot of these um bigfoot footage that people send us right they normally send it to us first and then, and then it goes mainstream, like it goes viral. Uh, there's that Lettuce Lake one, that Skunk Ape one. Um, what was it? And there's that um, that uh, Provo Canyon Bigfoot one. There's so many, but the quality is so bad, yeah. you know? And just up to interpretation, but if we can just get the quality just a little clearer, you know, there wouldn't be any dispute, but that's always dispute, you know? Oh yeah, the ones I thought were kind of cool were the ones that were t that the highway company got. Which highway? Which uh, transportation oh. company was that? Oh, the Washington. The, yes. The, yeah. The yeah, the, yeah. The one that was um the that was up on their uh traffic camera. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The that one I think you shared that one. Yeah, that I, one I did. I did. Um, I forgot how was it pretty clear in that one. Let me look at it. I did a sort. I did an article on that one, and that one. Yeah, we, we shared it on our page and it, it really picked up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the hopefully, you know, I mean, yeah, the thing I is, yeah. these, uh, yeah, the, the Washington State Department of Transportation one. Yeah, it's the one where it's like behind a tree. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, that one's weird. 
Well, hopefully as we get along further with people having better cameras, we'll be able right. to start seeing more footage like that that is a lot better because there's there's times that I that that that, that they send me a video and you know, I can see that there's something moving there. Mm -hmm. I can see the movement from side to side and it kind of um and it and it looks like it could be something. It looks like it could be a tall something, but because of the way that the quality of the camera is, it's very severely pixelated and stuff like that. So it, it's kind of hard for me to be like, "Hey, everybody, look at these the pixels. They're moving. See." Um, and it's a little bit harder to explain and defend it, you know, and let people know, "Hey, this is something that looks like it's odd." And you yeah. should take a look at it. Yeah, what's really weird about that was that it's a, it's a government camera, mm -hmm. and you know the government officials up there in Washington, um, some of them actually come out and you know they say there's, these things are out there, you know, uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they they're not shy. It, sometimes they say it jokingly, yeah, which makes you wonder if they're like trying to protect their jobs, you know, or something. But it's like a tongue in cheek kind of thing, right? You know, the, the news reporters love to report on Bigfoot that way. It's like, you know, they're just trying to make fun of people, but not really. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's how they report on Bigfoot. You know, I hate how they report on Bigfoot. <laughs> what got you guys interested in all this? Well, uh, <laughs> man, it was it, it, it was the Monster Crest thing um, on History Channel. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, it was right after we came home from Mount Rainier, our Mount Rainier trip. Um, but before I get there, I, like the Monster Crest thing, you know, with Dr. Meldrum, he did yeah. the Snow Lake, the Snow Lake thing, where they put the nail on the board in front of the um, the doorway. Right. And and something came and stepped on it and entered the house, right? Right. And and just trashed the entire house. And uh, and then there was another one. They got the um, the cameraman and just just a crew, the, the the Monster Crest crew. Just I don't know where they were, but they were in the forest. But they were just packing up or just getting things ready, and something threw a rock at them. I was like, "Wow, bears don't throw rocks, you know?" Right. And I was like, "Man, this is mind blowing, you know." And so so uh, you know, we, me, me and Sherry, we know about Mount Rainier. There's so many reports from Mount Rainier, and. Um, we took the family, just me, her, and the kids, you know, um, and they were like tiny at the time, and uh, we drove a like, really tiny car, and uh, we drove them what? How many hours did it take? It oh, took it was, a long time. It was a long time. It, <laughs> basically, we broke it up into two days. <laughs> yeah, so we drive up there to Mount Rainier, and it was like at five o'clock, and um, they leave. You know, the Rangers leave, uh -huh. and uh, and it seems like when we got there, the Ranger was like he. He was he, he felt like, it looked like he had some kind of fear in him, right? Like he, he just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, because the <laughs> thing is is that prior to this trip to Mount Rainier, you know, it, it it's always been more like, oh, you know, it's stuff that's on TV and and stuff like that. It, you know, that's stuff that he was watching, that we were watching, and it was just, you know, kind of that stuff. But the thing that kind of sealed it for us was up there at Mount Rainier. I mean, that was like the first time that 
I had that get the hell out of Dodge feeling in the forest. And we had just taken the kids on a loop. It was at the Carbon River Ranger Station. And that place is, <sighs> the Ranger's gone at night. It was dark in there. We walked around and we just got out and we just, it, it was a very bad feeling. And the thing is, is that we'd been watching all this stuff, people saying, oh, you get a bad feeling and stuff like that. And so we were just like, ah, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, you know, since, the, since you do the California haunt stuff, I mean, right. the, the same feeling if you're in a haunted house. It's like that same dang feeling. And the kids were having it. Um, uh, we were having it. And so we just got in the car after we did our little quick walk around and got out of there. The ranger was just like, you know, there's nobody here. Um, I'm leaving, <laughs> you know. So he he was just like, you know, kind of giving us a little bit of a, okay, if you want to, you can go walk yeah. around. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do remember it. Um, so when we got home, it was like um, a couple of days later, I I was on um, watching the news and I saw that uh, it was like a viral video. It was a, um, no, it wasn't viral yet. It only had like one view. Uh -huh. and, um, I think it was me. And uh, somebody filmed like a Bigfoot, like a juvenile Bigfoot. Um, There's somebody named Samantha. It was near a college. I think it was um, in Oregon or something. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a long time ago. And it was like, they, they were going down to the river. She was filming. It was like um, like uh, somebody in front of her just walking down to the river. And all of a sudden, this dark figure just runs right past him. And it was a really good shot, too. And it was like, the whole clip was like maybe seven seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. um, this is like in 2010, maybe. Yeah, it, it would have be. had to have been a long time. Yeah, ago. a long time ago, and yeah, I think I was the only one who viewed that video. So I, I, um, I put up a blog post, you know, um, I named it a Bigfoot evidence, right? And I blogged about it, and then what happened after that was um, it just blew up. Just people just came to my blog, and then all of a sudden, the news caught caught on with it. And all of a sudden, people were just looking for this Samantha, Samantha girl. I think she was a college student at the time. But one thing I learned over the years about these people who um, film these videos, uh -huh. they they don't want to be known. They they, they don't have anything to gain, you know. Right. Yeah. They they just want to hide as much as possible. I mean, I think they finally found her, and they uh, they they interview her, but they just interview her from the from the neck down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and um, and after that, uh, there was just um, more and more of these videos being captured on YouTube. So I just blocked about every every single one of them, and then about four months later, cause cause there were so many videos of Bigfoot just being captured and put on YouTube. I don't know if they're hoaxes or anything. I just report them as is, you know. But I just let people, other people, just decide on their own. I think that's one. That, that's my byline. I said, I said, I'm providing information and let people decide. That's what I, you know, that's what I put in my blog. And um, and then four months later, there's a promo for um, Animal Planet for finding Bigfoot, you know? And I was like, yes, Bigfoot's popular right now, you know? And um, I remember when the show aired, um, 
our, our blog just blew up because, you know, we, because um, by that time, we were um, just blogging about everything Bigfoot, every new video that's out there. So it's pretty funny because before before any, before every new episode comes out, I just have to see like a second of the clip of the preview and I know which video that was. So, um, so when I went on my blog, I was like, hey guys, today's episode is going to be about this video. And you know, you, you, you heard, um, you heard what I said about this, with this video, what our thoughts are about this video. And, um, and just people just came to my, my blog just to um, read about what the episode is going to be about. Even though the episode hasn't aired yet, I knew exactly what it's going to be about. Yeah, so yeah. I was pretty aware of what's going on. Yeah, I mean the the thing the, the nice thing is is that with uh with finding Bigfoot, um, that show people got to see that when people are going out there, there's people doing legitimate research style techniques. It's not just you know. You sit there and you say, oh, I heard something. No, they're out there with, you know, parabolic dishes. They've they've got, you know, long-term recording microphones out there. They're out, going out there with trail cams. They're actually doing more of what you what people would consider absolutely legitimate research, you know, gathering data and information about these areas. Mm-hmm. And so people got to see that it was more than just, you know, more than just somebody on their back porch saying, I heard a Bigfoot. Yeah. Right, right. And that's what I think was really great about the Finding Bigfoot show. What are some of the most um, memorable uh, accounts that, that you guys have received that, that, that you put on your site? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, for us, Lettuce Lake Bigfoot, that was a really big one. Um, yeah, the, the one where the, the guy's in a canoe and he's uh, just fishing. And he sent me the video, right? I thought it was a hoax. Uh-huh. Like I said, people people hoax me all the time, you know. And I catch him, you know. <laughs> but this guy, his name was Mike. Uh, what's his name? Mike something. And um, and he sent me this video. And 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 first, all I hear is like just just waters splashing around. And then he zooms in into this figure. This figure is hopping around in the swamp. And then this figure uh, picks up a snake, I think. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, with the, within it, when it comes to stuff like this, this guy, he, it, it's kind of uh, funny. He's got almost uh, photographic memory. So if you kind of uh, describe to him, we have people that just send a message, say, hey, Sean, you know, what uh, this and this and this happened in the video. When was that or where was that? And he can usually pull it up. Uh-huh. Yeah, th- this one, um, like I said, I, I hear stories all the time, but I love seeing videos, you know, and that video, um, it blew me away. I mean, the news talked about it too. And this guy, Mike, um, he just disappeared, you know? So um, Discovery Channel um, and all these different uh, networks, they they contact me and say, hey, uh, can you get us in touch with this person? We, we want to use this video in our uh, broadcast. And... So every month I get a request, you know, for um, so they so they can have the rights to it. But uh-huh. I said I don't I don't own the video, you know. But Mike said I can do whatever I want with it. And I said, well, that's not good enough, you know. We need <laughs> <laughs> we need it from him, you know. Right. So there's this search for this guy Mike. Um, I have his last name, but um, he doesn't respond anymore or anything. So that's the thing about the people who film them. They don't want right. anything to do with anything, you know. Um, 
But the 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 the, the encounter that touched me the most is the one that I'm I'm really close to that I um, that I've been to the um, multiple expedition is the, the about the the hunter the bear hunter that that shot a bigfoot or two bigfoots shot two bigfoots you know um, and that's that got me really excited because I'm like you know what I feel bad he shot the bigfoot but uh, this evidence if he said if he said he shot it and he put the body somewhere underneath the bush. There's wow. evidence out there. And this is a couple of years ago. And we went we went back to that place, I think for four years, just just walking miles and miles up and down the mountain. Just maybe the snow washed the body or the skull down somewhere, you know, and you're just hiking all over the place. And um yeah, this one, this one, you probably heard a, a lot about, and it's been on, on TV and everything. Um, what's crazy is that when, when I was blogging about it, we were all trying to find who this person was, and where, and and where, you know, like, like where to live at least. Uh huh. And and I remember for like months, you know, people like just, uh, just rumors and stuff like that. But then one day. Um, word got out that uh, uh, about his name, you know, it was Justin. And um, we looked him up and he lives in Citrus Heights, just like what, four miles from where we were. Well, I don't wow. think it's Citrus Heights, but yeah. it's in Sacramento County yeah. area. So yeah. the, um, he's a very nice guy. I know yeah. that there's some people that, that, that just, they, have a very negative view of him, but we've been around him, been around his family, very nice people. Um, you know, definitely they think he's a nice person to be around and stuff. And so we've been up to that site um, a few times and this guy way more than me, he's been up there for big trips and there, uh, there's some interesting stuff that happens up there, and it's weird. It's a, it's a weird area. Yeah. I mean, before drones were popular, people, uh, people were seeing lights out there, okay. just kind of moving around and stuff. And there's nobody out there, except for like one rancher who has like goats or sheep or something or cattle. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody out there, but there's weird stuff that yeah. happens out there. Yeah, and um, we did film something up there. Um, it was um, just a Bigfoot just walking around on thermal. We have a video on our, um, uh, it was on the, um, not on our channel. It's one of our friends' channel. And yeah, we, we have we have thermal footage of this thing just walking around and throwing like a rock at a tree. Okay. Like, like that, Yeah, a horizontal projectile. Yeah, you see something go uh, flying off to the uh, off to the side, and it and for me that was like the thing that kind of made me say whoa because you know it's not like bears are out there chucking rocks and right. and there's deer out there, but you know really the only thing that a deer could project is manure. So I was like either that's a deer just shooting manure out its rear end or something through something. Yeah, um, rock throwing is is one of the telltale signs, you know, of a Bigfoot encounter because, um, like I said, that uh, monster crest thing where they threw a rock, right? 
at the camera crew. Um, to see a rock being thrown on a th thermal imager, that, 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 you know, that gives you, um, raise a hair in the back of your neck, you know? Um, because that's really ape-like, you know, yeah. throwing things like that. Yeah. So yeah. since he was so tied in with that, that one's like the big one for him and for us, you know, especially since we've been up there, the kids and I have been up there as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's really creepy place, you know, and, um, in that whole mountain, there's no cell phone reception anywhere, but in that one spot where we, um, camp at to, um, to do a research, the cell phone reception. We go anywhere else, there's nothing, you know. Right. Maybe maybe a, a UFO crash landed there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but um, but there's some weird things going on, you know. Um, like I don't I don't want to say orbs, but there's like lights in the trees sometimes. And like I said, when when we go up there, there's there's a skeptic, and you know, there's actually a lot of skeptics actually. They just want to see what this whole thing is about. Uh -huh. And um, it's kind of weird when, when this light thing happened. I wasn't there, but I know uh, my skeptic friend was there and uh, other Bigfoot researchers were there. But the, the skeptic, he was like, hmm, that's weird, you know? But I tell you what, the, if you were a paranormal researcher, you'd be like, that's an orb. Or, that's <laughs> it's an, <dust>. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and you would start recording it, right? Oh yeah, that's that's cute. Sure. definitely. <laughs> yeah, they said he was up there for 15 minutes in the trees, going around and around like that. And I said, guys, no one recorded this. This and maybe they were trying to make. I don't know. I, I would have recorded it. Shoot, <laughs> man, you know. But um, no one's up. I mean, this is like in the middle of nowhere, right, Sherry? Like, yeah, nowhere. And the thing that's interesting about that particular um, sighting and that location is that now that it's been a while, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, we don't believe it. We don't believe it now. But, you know, kind of like how after you hear a story a lot, sometimes mm -hmm. people start disbelieving it. The right. thing in the past year, um, another person who uh, he does a podcast, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Josh. Yeah. yeah. He actually spoke to a person who had a terrifying sighting very close to that area and also it was around that same time that the same justin, summer the same summer actually yeah no, no, i it, think it was in october justin yeah justin. So this guy had the encounter in august yeah right and it and it was like he got chased out of there yeah these two sightings um were told like six years apart i believe but no, more than six years, maybe like yeah, uh, like ten years apart, maybe. Time melts yeah. for us. <laughs> okay, but. they were yeah, they were told maybe let's, let's say nine years apart. They were told nine years apart, um, but they happened within the same vicinity, um, in uh, within um, like a four month range. Yeah, time it, span. It's very very tight. Yeah, and span. if anyone has any doubt, what happened, you know, um, with uh, with a friend Justin. Um, uh, who shot a Bigfoot? Um, with this story that just came out of nowhere, I wasn't expecting this. My my friend, um, you know, he just started a new podcast like this this couple months ago. He said, "Hey, shot, listen to this," you know. Um, but he didn't really make the connection, okay? Um, yeah. But I did because I I pay attention to Bigfoot 
these Bigfoot stories. Um, so I listened to the podcast and it's this, this story was from a lawyer um, uh, and this happened in Gold Lake. So this lawyer was taking his daughter on an ATV ride down to Gold Lake, I believe. And they just um, they just had a feeling like you know some somebody something was watching them, and then they uh, and then they heard like um, just what did they hear? They like screams or something. I can't remember. Yeah, what that, but I can listen. There was something that that caught their attention. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, this thing came and made itself known, and he said this thing was so massive and it gave off the smell. He said you can't forget the smell, and um. He said it's like it's very descriptive. He's a he's a lawyer. This guy who saw it, he, he, sure. something about smelling like the tar on a roof or something like that. <laughs> it he says very unforgettable. And if you ever want to know, like a full description of this smell, uh, this lawyer he had it. You know, he had it. He very descriptive. But anyways, um, he got out of there, and you know, for him, there's like man, these things exist. You know, but. And then I, I, um, I heard when he had the sighting. I was like, he had in August. And after he had the sighting, he went to a um, this town called Sierra City. Okay. And Sierra City, um, they have like restaurants and stuff there. And um, and he told you know people what he saw, and, and I forgot what they said. They, they didn't. I can't remember yeah. either. But I paid more. But he did. He did tell people what he saw. You know. But anyways, so listening to this story, I'm like, man, this this is big. This is big because this this tells you, this tells me that something is going on near Gold Lake, you know, and and something did get shot. And if it was a Bigfoot that got shot, it was probably related to that Bigfoot that this lawyer saw. Um, but yeah, I know no, that that to me kind of solidified the whole thing, the whole connection. Um, yeah, like something definitely. I mean, it's, it's like yeah, two Bigfoot stories. I don't know. It's yeah, I, in, in I, the I same area and, and same time period and stuff. So it's uh, it definitely, you know, it it solidifies Justin's story for us because it, it kind of confirms that, Hey, other people are having sightings in this area at that time. Yeah. So. Well, that's what to the question I have is when you look at these reports, you know, coming into you, is there any particular areas that stand out more than others? Um, my gosh. I mean, there's the, I don't know. Have you ever seen any of the David Polites, uh, the, yes. the films? Uh, there's hot spot areas. That, we don't want to go hiking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I like when they mention that it's about the, about and around caves. And yeah. so it's kind of added to my whole thing that when somebody sends us, you know, sends us a report and stuff and, I, I like to look and see, is there cave systems nearby? Um, like the Alberta video that we did. Um, yeah. That one, you've got, you've got two mountains kind of side by side. And um, they, and the Bigfoot is filmed on one. The next mountain over, um, I think it was Cold War or World War II. I can't remember when it was. It, it's been a while though. But 
um, the government drilled caves into that mountain as like a bunker, but they never used it. And so it's kind of interesting. No clue for certain if that's why, but I don't know. It, it kind of, uh, it makes me think about looking at caves and stuff like that. Right. And, and the David Politi stuff, it kind of shows that that's rather tight together. But for those that don't know, it makes me scared too. <laughs> for, those, yes, for those who don't know about David Polides, he has tracked missing persons, uh, mostly out in the wilderness, uh, different like state parks and whatnot. And sometimes they find these people, they find the bodies, they'll find the bodies like not even within two miles away after searching for days and days. And sometimes they don't have shoes on, sometimes they don't have clothes on, and they can't figure out what happened to them. So that's what makes it so creepy. <laughs> You know what? Have you seen the latest one, the hunted one? No. Um, oh, okay. Watch that one. Then you'll never go hiking again. I promise. Because you're like, all well, these hunters are disappearing. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. It scares me. I, I, you know, I, I love, I love listening to it. I mean, it's just something you have to listen to. But then after I do it, I just don't want to be out in the wilderness at all anymore. <laughs> you know what? And the, and that's one thing that I've kind of mentioned um, quite a few times is that when we're out and about, especially because we still have kids that are under 18. So mm -hmm. I, if I get a bad feeling, I don't go any further. And so I'm probably never going to record a Bigfoot myself <laughs> because I'm, because the second I get a bad feeling, I'm like, no, I'm I'm gone. You know, you're getting a bad feeling for a reason. I mean, that you know, with ghost hunting, bad feeling, yeah. bad things happen. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, if something's giving me a bad feeling, I just, I want to be out of there. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. So what's the fascination? I mean, I mean, uh, Sean, you, you want to go out and find these things. Why? You know what? It's kind of weird because... People, people report, people who've never seen a Bigfoot, they all report the same, like, physique, you know? They all report the smell. They report the jet black. As for the black Bigfoot, it's like jet black. Mm -hmm. um, I never heard the term jet black until I started reading Bigfoot reports, you know? I still don't know what jet black is. It's you know? black black. It's very, black very black. black. It's like <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not like it's mixed in with like reddish brown. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. black. Like, like, like lights off in a cave black. Yes, that's a good yeah. description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then you're like, okay, you know, they, they talk about um, no neck, broad shoulders, right? And you're like, they're reporting the same thing. Why are we reporting the same thing? I'm like, could it be bears, right? But I think people know what bears look like, okay? Yeah. I mean, so I'm like, why? Why is it? Why is it? Why? Why is this creature not like not been captured yet? Like, where are the bones, right? And if let's say let's say that you can't find any bones, but why are people seeing the exact same thing every, in every single one of these reports? You know. I swear every single I read so many of them because um, we need to do a research, you know, <laughs> when we put out these reports. And every single one's reporting the same shape. What is it? Like, is it people just, 
people can't possibly describe the same thing if they haven't heard about it, you know? Yeah. From somewhere else. I think that I think with the whole thing about it is just that the the interest in it is that it's solving a mystery. You know, you've got mm -hmm. people who are, you know, that they're out in the woods or they're out in the uh, out on the farm. They know what animals look like. They're familiar with what they see coming through and then something comes through and they don't know what it is. That's when you say, "Okay, you know, yeah. I mean, if you've got if you've got Bob who's been in the mountains his whole entire life, he's 89 years old, and he says, I saw something walking on two legs that had no neck. It was covered with fur, you know, and he's like, not a bear. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, okay, Bob, I believe you because you spent 89 years in these woods, and you, you know what a bear looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, every day we, we look through our, um, our video feed. Could we get a list of you know, new Bigfoot videos that people um, that people put up on YouTube, and we all try to see if there's something out there. You know that that um that could be like real. You know, but there's a lot of fake ones out there, and so so every day I'm just like looking. You know, is this it? Is this a good one? But it's very hard. You know, but there's some rare ones like the one that that the if you notice the very popular videos that uh, do go viral on the news and stuff, those are the good ones. Those are the best ones. Mm -hmm. But the sucky ones, they, they don't go viral, you know. We have a few sucky ones on our YouTube channel. I mean, people don't watch them. But, man, the good ones, though, man, they get like a million views, you know. So mm -hmm. people, people can tell which ones are the good ones. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is is that, you know, usually what makes them sucky is just the camera quality. Right. You know? Either they zoomed in and it's severely pixelated, um, uh, or they did a, the the camera did a bad job of tracking because a lot of people they don't understand how a camera works, um, why a video may not come out very well, and so it makes it easy for people to dismiss and say, oh well, uh, they kept moving it because or moving the camera because they didn't want you to see that it's real, but they don't realize that if you zoom in just like a little teeny tiny just like a hair's breadth move and you're completely off whatever you zoomed in on so right right and, how and, many how many videos do you get a day do you think that, that come in from people um well like i said we got a feed that's set up that uh you know I'm, I'm a programmer so i i i i have this algorithm that just shows me every big footy video that people upload mm -hmm. and um there's uh, a lot of them is just audio you know um and I guess there's at least two or three videos that are pretty good, but they're not like actual footage, but there's like a lot of vocalization and I've heard just about every single one of them. Um, sometimes they hear frogs, frogs in the video and some people say, that's a Bigfoot. No, it's not, you know, it's a frog. <laughs> and, that brings me back to something. Um, I interviewed a guy um, a couple of years ago who, Worked, worked, well, not worked on a Sonora, but would go up and record what he thought were Bigfoot. And they, they almost sounded Asian when, the, when they were talking. But I don't know if you've heard that guy. I can't oh, remember yes. Um, okay. Um, you heard the Sarah sound, right? Yes. Okay. And I'm from Laos. Okay. And 
I have a I have an accent, you know, when I when I not to be insulted. I just yeah, sound <laughs> I have an accent. But when I when I when I talk with my uh, my my mom and dad in in, yeah. in in Lao, Sherry can hear this. It has a very distinct you know tone. Yeah, and right. it's the and it's funny because remember how we were mentioning about up at that site that he was at and they were recording and they got the walking and the rock throwing. Um, he was actually up there speaking in Lao to uh, to see if that happens because um it sounds yeah very close like um for example why don't you say um my name is son i have five or i have three kids how about this I, I tell them, why don't i just say what i said out there yeah okay i told the bigfoot in in my language to uh come eat right i said uh viking cow right i said that and i just say that a lot like multiple times i say other things too like you know come here in my language you know like money, you know, just come here. And um, because I, I, I just want to do an experiment because when I heard the share sounds, it sounds, it, it's not my language, but it sounds like my language, you know? Uh, the, the tones. The tone. And, and right. like kind of the forcefulness, like um, that, you know, I don't know, like try saying more of like a full long sentence. Um, like, like say these are my friends. I'm going okay. to the store. Okay. Um, uh, you know, or something like that. That's right. I'm going to the store. Okay. And so, so if he's yelling that out, yeah, if I'm yelling that out. It sounds. It sounds a lot like the Sierra sounds. So right. that so because of the Sierra sounds, that's why he was up there, uh, speaking his language, and uh -huh. they got that footage. Yeah. That night. Yeah, it was that same night that we got that footage. Um, but it does sound um, Asian to me when I hear the Sierra sounds. Yes. Um, the, have you heard that before? Like it sounds Asian. And for me, it sounds pretty Asian, you know. Um, but I wonder how many people else, does, you know, um, yeah. think that. But um, but uh, what Scott Nelson, the guy who, who did the interpretation, he did a really good job, you know. And yeah, that, that's a, an actual language, you know. Um, and so I wanted to test that out, you know, my theory that right. maybe they're, maybe they're, because, you know, if they, if, remember, it was the Native Americans up in uh, Canada, up north, that, that had these stories of uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, right? We call them Bigfoot, right. Sasquatch. Right. And look, I think they, they crossed the land bridge. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it's the, the reason why we kind of lean towards that. Mm -hmm. um, for example, we've had him do a full DNA test. And it's kind of funny when you do the DNA thing, if you're from a, a lesser studied country like Laos is, I guess more people have their DNA out there. But it's funny, his came back saying either uh, Southeast Asian or Native American. So they actually label him as possibly Native American because you can, because of that connection there. Mm -hmm. And so if they did uh, follow along, the uh, follow along with the Asian people that moved along that land bridge, um, it would make sense that they would be more familiar with maybe some of the tonal languages that are coming out of Asia. That makes sense. That's why I was going to ask you guys, what do you think these things are? Do you think they're a missing link or you think that, you know, that, that, that was left behind or survived or, mm -hmm. or, or what do you think? 
Um, for me, I think it's more of a missing, more of a missing link kind of thing, because if you if you look at how things go, you know, you have a tree, but there's lots and lots of branches. You sure. know, maybe we all come from the core trunk, but maybe we went off on this branch and they went off on this branch, and so they retain all the hair and you know the different build than us, uh -huh. but you know maybe we're still related. And that kind of goes along with when people find evidence um, that, that is able to be tested, they kind of say, oh, uh, it looks like it could be human, but mm -hmm. they, it's not like they really can dig too deep into it. <clears throat> yeah. And I, so it usually gets dismissed as human, but I kind of wonder how far they went into sequencing it to find out <clears throat> you know, for certain, Hey, yeah. was this a person from Europe? Was this a person from Asia or is it a person that you do not identify at all? Yeah. That's, that's the most interesting is that when they test out the, the samples, it comes back human and the uh, scientists just dismiss it. Yeah. It's just human, you know, okay, let's move along. Um, but you know what? Um, the thing with the uh, genetics, genetics is that even us human beings, you know, we have genes. Sometimes they get, turn on that gives us hair remember that yeah. that that that, uh, that thing you showed me about the blood thing oh i was showing him um some of those birthmarks where they uh grow a, just basically a patch of hair on it um not not necessarily port wine stains i can't remember what it was but i was showing him that about how sometimes you can just have um a patch of just solid hair that you know looks like an animal hair yeah, it looks yeah, it looks like an animal hair. Um, some people they get this this thing on their bodies, and um, and the extremes the extreme symptoms, they have like hair just coming out, just like uh, just like apes. I don't know. Right. I don't think they're they're far that that far off from human beings. You know, people try to say Gigantopithecus and everything, but you know what? It doesn't take much um, um, mod modifications or something in your genes who have like a tail, you know, it doesn't, right. we're so close. We're just right there. It just takes a few genes being turned on and, uh, and you, you like become massive, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or have well, hair out of place. Well, look at chimpanzees. I mean, when they took a DNA class, college, you know, or high school DNA class, you can see their, their chromosomes and everything is only mm -hmm. off by like one or two. Yeah. They're very close to us. And yeah. so if such a, different, such a different looking animal can be so close to us, then it's easy to see how maybe something just a smaller amount off, you know, maybe instead of two off, it's only one off, yeah. but it could be looking so much more different than us. And if they have hair, then they don't need clothes. You know, we need clothes because we're cold. Right. You know, if you get to if you get further down south, then you don't need clothes. You know, then you're just out there. Yeah. But for them, if they've got hair, they don't need clothes, so we wouldn't expect to see them clothing themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what's fascinating with it is that it's not just Northern California, it's not just Washington, it's not just Oregon. I mean, like you say, they're down south. I mean, they're clear across the United States in different spots. So yeah. I mean that was one one massive migration when when they came over or you know a group came over and, sp and split. 
Well, yeah. Well, that's why um, actually a lot of people, they kind of give us uh, a bit of a hard time because we don't say Sasquatch, um, but we don't use that word because when you go outside of the U.S., people kind of familiarize themselves with the term Bigfoot. And so we kind of want to make it make our page more approachable for people to where they're like, oh, okay, they're talking about a large, you know, the ape-like creature. Um, and if you say Sasquatch, there, there's of course a lot of people that do recognize it, but like down in Laos, if you go down there and say, oh yes, that's a Sasquatch, they probably wouldn't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But if you say like Bigfoot, there's a bigger chance that they'll know what you're talking about. And we want to encourage people from all these other areas to kind of share what they're seeing out there because it's not just the U S it's not just, you know, they're going down through the peninsula and every, and down into South America, it's all over the world that they're having these kind of sightings. Maybe there's some size difference. Um, maybe there's a little bit of behavior difference. Maybe it's just um, like, for example, the orang pandek. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's yep, just China. a, that's just a creature that, um, you know, that we haven't been out there and discovered yet, but for them, that's a Bigfoot for them. And so we use that word to kind of make it easier for global for a global audience. Uh, Sean, have you seen any of the footprints at all? Or have you seen it in um, the past? Yeah, when we were at that site where the, um, Justin shot those big foots, um, that was uh, one morning uh, we woke up and there were, um, and this, this night, we, there, was, there was quite a bit of action at night, but I didn't wake up though because that, you know, just, I'm scared, you know? <laughs> I don't want to go out of my tent. <laughs> but yeah, there's some action around us, you know, like like um, like just movement. But I stayed in my tent the whole night. But when we woke up, woke up. And There's nothing I, wrong with that. It's yeah. <laughs> I woke up and I go, uh, go take a leak somewhere. <laughs> and it's in, in where all these trees are, these, um, it's like, Pine trees or redwood trees? I yeah, don't know. pine trees, not pine redwood trees. trees. <laughs> Wrong trees. area for redwood hey, trees. All trees are the same to me. <laughs> so I, I looked down and there's like footprints, right? Footprints. And there's like massive like that. And they're just like, just one after another, you know? And they're like in the, um, like a tightrope fashion, you know? Mm -hmm. Like one step after another, like, it's like a line, like a straight line, you know? Um, very unlike a human. You know, this one's like straight line. Mm -hmm. So, so I um I looked at, it, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I was like, is someone trying to play tricks on me? Like they know I'm a, I'm a blogger and I'm up here, and they want me to blog about it. Is that why? Is that why these footprints are just all around me, right? So <laughs> I just I just look around. I was like, is someone laughing right now or what? You know. Anyways, we actually ended up casting, casting these footprints. And um, we let Dr. Jeff Meldrum take a look at it. You know, he was uh, at one of these conferences, one of the uh, uh, casted footprints. He said it was a bear, but I don't think so. Because to me, it, it just, if you just saw how it was laid out, you know, yeah. the footprints, like the track, it was like just straight. Um, I think he would have said it was like a Bigfoot, but maybe he doesn't want to tell people it's, you know, it's a Bigfoot because I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got credibility. He's got a, you know. Yeah, and, and if you've got pine needles, um, it's hard to get a good track cast. Um, you know, the, you'll see the you'll see these different um, photos of um, the tracks out there, and pine needles are probably the worst place to get a track from. But yet, that's probably most likely what you're going to find a track in. So. It, it, because the needles, they're not as malleable, <laughs> you know, they just kind of, they're stiff little sticks. Um, but when you do see um, some footprints in the snow, you kind of just have to take it from the photo thing. Because when you do a of those, the, uh, the, the casting material will heat up and there goes your footprint, that kind of thing. Right, um, right, right. So there's some complexities to that. And that, and that's actually part of the reason why I upgraded my phone because now I have a phone that has LiDAR on it. Um, but I don't think we're going to have a lot of people with that technology yet out in the field just uh, coming across tracks. You'd have to have a very specific person that would be able to take a LiDAR image of a track on the ground right. Right. to be able to save that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, it's funny, Doctor Jeff Meltram. When we showed him the um, the cast, um, he didn't he didn't really just straight up say, "Oh, it's a bear." He just went through his scientific reasoning and stuff. I I just, um, yeah, I I didn't understand what he was saying. It was so like scientific, something about um, like not having a mid tarsal break and stuff like that, you know, and and all these foot terminology that people aren't familiar with, but um, but yeah. Basically, it wasn't a Bigfoot cast, he said. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I haven't seen bears walk tight ropes. Um, basically, <laughs> when they say it's a bear track, um, they're saying that it's a double step, so front foot, back uh -huh. foot. But, you know, bears aren't skinny. They're not. So when they walk, they still have a foot, foot, and then over, over here, you'll have a foot, foot kind of thing if they're doing a double step. Uh -huh. And so if I see it in a straight line, I'm more inclined to think, okay, this could really be something because, you know, and in, in, in pine needles, mm -hmm. um, the, just by looking at how that pathway is going. And, it, and it's just because of bear's anatomy. They don't go, you know, do, 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 they don't do that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing about um, Bigfoot is that a lot of sightings and stuff, it does happen in bear country too. But it could be because they're fighting over the same resource, you know, the berries and right. salmon. I mean, what? Yeah. It's, that's, I know it confuses people, but, you know, they're fighting over the same resource. That's what they do. But it doesn't mean like Bigfoot sighting is, is a bear sighting, um, especially here from bear hunters, you know, who should know what a bear looked like. And they explain to you that it's not a bear, man. Right. Yeah. Now my question is: the night that you didn't want to, I have to go back to this. The night you didn't want to get out of your tent, could could you hear noises and stuff going on, or did you just were people just telling you there was stuff going on? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I, okay, I, okay. I, let me let me explain to you what it's like going okay, on okay. a Bigfoot expedition. Okay. Is especially if there's a lot of Bigfooters around, every noise, every snap of the branch. Is, is that a Bigfoot? Is that a Bigfoot? Oh, oh. What is that? Oh, I just heard stumps. Like, you know, just like earthquake, you know? 
everything, everything. It's like that all the time. And then, um, and you know, when things happen at night, you know, we call it uh, uh, we had action, action. You know, um, when it's quiet, it's boring. You know, mm-hmm. so I think this uh, alert, this their sense of alert is heightened, like really heightened. They can hear everything, man. Um, they they can see in the dark. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they can hear things like ten miles away, and so, so when I'm in the tent, you know, when I'm going to bed, I'm tired because I'm walking around doing my thermal imaging, you know, just, just trying to see what's out there, and you, you hear like, you know, people like, oh, what is that, you know, and you're just like, I'm just going, I'm going to sleep, you know, I'll, I'll probably hear about it in the morning, kind of thing, but, um, yeah, just one of those times I just, I mean, look, there was one time something did come into. <laughs> Coming to our uh, our camp, um, everyone chased it, and um, um, came and got me. He opened up my tent, and he pulled on my leg. He said, "Son, there's something here." Um, so he, he grabs his camera because he left his camera in my tent, and started chasing after this thing, and and they were like causing all these ruckus, and I was hearing like, "Hey, he went that way. He went this way, right?" And they're chasing it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get up. Um, okay, what is it now? Put on my shoes and uh, you know what? Um, it was something that night, you know? Um, they swore that it came through and they, they, they were chasing it. But um, but I didn't get a chance to chase it at all, you know? Um, but I stayed, I stayed up the rest of the night. You know, they didn't want to miss anything. Yeah, he, the, he's kind of one of those people that once he's asleep, he's usually... He's pretty out, so I can imagine how that was that night. <laughs> you know what? I'd be in the tent thinking of all the stories. That's what would happen to me. Yeah, I'd be thinking of all the times that people say, "Oh, it's walking around the tent," or it opens, <laughs> or it opens the tent flap, sticks the tent in. You know what I mean? I'd be sitting yeah. there just frozen, just thinking about all that. Well, you know what? The speaking of like tent, the tent stuff. Um, we, oh gosh. It was a long time ago, I, the, and I can't remember the, the details on it, but I did a drawing for it because it was kind of funny. Um, I guess there were some guys that were in a tent, and they heard some water splashing, and I guess something was peeing on their tent. Yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when I drew when I drew the image, it, it was uh, a Bigfoot being like, yeah. <laughs> um, but... but you know that I could imagine that that kind of stuff <laughs> maybe happens sometimes, yeah. and maybe people kind of dismiss it. But yeah, the, I, I working his territory. That's all. And yeah, and you're his territory, I guess. Yeah, we um, you know, when we used to do um, a storytelling on YouTube this a couple of years ago, um, she used to do the illustration, the drawings and stuff. Now, now our our videos we do CGI. You know, it's a lot easier. But uh, I remember that one. You, you have to draw somebody peeing on a tent. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, for the for the stories that we um, put out uh, that we put out now that you'll see on the YouTube channel, um, those are ones that that like for example when we mentioned before that there's people that they don't want to be associated with stuff. Right. Um, and there's people that I'm like, oh my goodness, I would really, really like to share your story. I'm, and I'll be like, I promise I won't tell anybody who you are. They'll, even under torture, I promise I will not disclose 
who you are, that kind of stuff. And they're still like, no, 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 no. But usually if I say, hey, if I change any kind of possibly identifying details and, you know, stuff like that, that because there's something interesting that happened, I'm like, would you be okay if I did this as more of a story format? And usually when that happens, I'm presenting more about the behaviors, um, the, the stuff that they're, that they're doing that is very interesting, but you know, since they won't let me just say, Hey, this person at so-and-so had this happen in the city, that kind of thing. And, and so we they kind of changed that up a bit to the kind of be able to share the story and the behaviors that are happening for, you know, people that are interested, the, for people that are researching, you know, maybe they've had this kind of stuff happen. And hopefully maybe later on, they're like, hey, remember that story? I had that happen to me. And then maybe they'll actually be willing to share openly. It's interesting when you when you read through all that stuff. I mean, there's book after book after book after book, you know, on the topic. But Mount Rainier, like you say, the first really good book I ever got was 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 at the gift shop on top of Mount Rainier. <laughs> the Bigfoot log book, right? Oh yeah, uh, that's the, the big area. <laughs> some of the stories in there about like the guys that that are tired and, and they they pull their cars over on the side of the road to sleep, mm. and they wake up and the car's shaking. Oh yeah, yeah. And they'll look in the rearview mirror and it's staring in at them. I mean, that's that's some scary stuff. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of stories of um, like Bigfoot approaching cars. There's one where uh, this guy, um, um, I guess he ran out of gas, right? In his car, he ran out of gas, and it was in, it was really cold. And um, I forgot what happened, but he was he was like shaking his car, and then something approached his car and um, and kept them alert like the whole night just kept them around right but anyways um when he uh then the next morning you know he uh, somebody came and um they got him um uh his mom his mom said that uh um bigfoot saved my son's life you know uh, by keeping him awake you know alert because right um if not alert you know you could die of hypothermia you know you just go to sleep you know cold but you know that was a interesting car, Bigfoot car story. Um, I don't know if this is a Bigfoot car story, but I had somebody give me a call and I sent a couple of my people up on it. And it was up towards the Silver Lake area up here. And this guy had called me and said, well, he knew of this camping spot up there that, that he would go to. And he said it was odd because there were no trees around. And it was just, there was this big rock there. And he would just pull his pickup truck up, you know, and, and camp, you know, you, you know with the um, shell on the back. And when he would sleep in there at night, he would hear what sounded like acorns dropping on the roof of the of, of the truck. Mm. And he was too afraid to go out and look. But what mm -hmm. he told me was that he would put his he would put his, his um, hiking boots outside of mm. the camper shell at night. When he would get up in the morning, they were soaked. Oh, okay. And he didn't know why. And he said, "Well, coupled with the acorns, he wanted us to go up there and look around and see what was going on up there." And that's the first thing I thought. I said, did you find any kind of footprints or anything, you know, outside that, you know, mm -hmm. might be something? No, I didn't see anything like that. I was too scared. So it's just yeah. stuff like that you run into. So who knows? You know, but I'm just saying, like, it kind of goes along with the, with, the, with the throwing rocks thing. And it goes along with, like you say, the, the, the peeing thing, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially if you're in a spot where you said there was no trees around, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where Where are the acorns coming from? Where yeah. is the pinging sound coming from? You know, it, when you look at those kind of things, that, that that's what kind of leads you to be like, hey, this is something that's a unique experience. Yeah. You know, once you kind of eliminate the obvious, then you're like, okay, this is different. And since there's no trees around, that definitely eliminated the obvious really quick. Yeah. So that's why I, I had a couple of my people go up. I haven't heard back from them yet, but but they actually went up there to look around and stuff before the before the you know this winter hit. So I'm curious to see what they come up with. Yeah, that that'd be fun to hear what they find. I yeah. mean, here in the here for where we're where we're at um, in the Sacramento area. Um, it's pretty easy if you just go up the mountains a little way the, and you take a look at like the BFRO or on our website, um, mm -hmm. you're able to see what kind of reports are out there. Sometimes it's easy to figure out where the encounter happened. Other times you got to dig a little bit more, mm -hmm. but it's easy to go to these places and see where these encounters are happening. And then once you get there, you're like, okay, the, this was a, this was an odd one. Yeah. You know, what they what they were experiencing doesn't make sense. Oh, absolutely. Sonora's real. I mean, you know, Sonora has a lot of sightings. Yeah. Um, let's see, Sonora. The you know what I'm terrible about anything south of us. <laughs> um the Sonora, that's um that that's just south of Jackson area, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Make sure I'm talking about the right region. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the mountains? Yeah, uh, Calaveras big trees and stuff. Oh, yeah. And all that, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, that area is where, um, you know, Theodore Roosevelt went through, and he's, uh, there's a famous uh, story that he, um, that he mm. relayed out there, and it's one of the more fascinating ones, mm. but. Yeah, that's one of the uh, earlier accounts of Bigfoot. Yeah, uh, before people said, oh, hey, it's Patterson Gimlin, you know, oh, it's a Bigfoot right. before that. Right. And Absolutely. so that area is a, a fun area to look at the stuff. And I think um, the Sierra Sounds came from that region. Yes. Yeah. We, um, the, and no, that's that, on David Polites. Yeah. <laughs> that place is a secret. But um, my friend who's uh, really good. Um, okay. I, I know a guy. He's my friend now, but we <laughs> we um we kept this uh, this site where the the guy uh, shot the Bigfoot secret mm -hmm. from the world because we don't want people going in there because um basically we don't want people causing like noise that we're not aware of you know so yeah. so we want to know that we're it's just us up there. We want to make sure there's no teenagers going up there and messing with us and leaving footprints around my camp you know <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so this place is like secret no one knows but i was on a podcast and um we kind of uh mentioned brief briefly or you know not precisely but just in the area and we had like a little google map you know but we didn't show the area we just talked about some canyons or whatever but just being very careful i'm not telling people exactly where it's at you know, but this guy, he listened to every podcast that everyone was involved in this project with. Listen, every podcast and, and ours and any video breakdown. And he 
nailed it down. He nailed. He he. I guess um, one of our researcher friend went up to the to the site. You know, like he normally does, and he saw him, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And, oh yeah, I heard about you know the guy, uh, but you know we became best friends with uh, with him. Um, but so this this same person, um, um, who's really interested in Bigfoot, you know, said that he found a Sierra Sound site exactly where it was, and and um, he says he doesn't want people to know because he knows how protective um, they are of this site, and he said that um, one of his friend um, emailed uh, David Polites. Um, about the site, like say, like kind of saying, "Hey, I know where it's at, right?" And Dave Pilati says, "Okay, when you get to this once, or was it Morehead? Morehead. It was Ron Morehead. Ron Morehead. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he emails him. You know, just just to see if he's in the right spot. He emails Ron Morehead and says, "Hey, Ron, um, I know I, I know where your site is, you know." And then Ron says, "Okay, and you get to this uh, spot. You know, it's a very distinct spot." Uh, do you make a left or a right, right? And then the guy says, "Oh, you make a left or something like that." <laughs> and then uh, the guy said, "Von Moore had never replied back to him," you know. Wow. And then he said, "I know." He said, "I know I got the right spot." <laughs> but then, <anyways. laughs> but um, I uh, I interviewed my friend about this, and I asked him if I can share his um his journey and how he found a spot. And I actually got it on my phone, but I'm kind of afraid because I don't want Ron Moorhead coming after me. Right. So review that site, you know? Well, and plus, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it's a hot spot area, you know, you want to protect Pres it. Yeah, and preserve it. Plus, yeah. on top of that, from what's been described to us, it sounds like an area that you do not want just amateur people going up to. I mean... The Sierra Nevada's people die, <laughs> you know, yes. if people are over on the East coast, they're like thinking, Oh, like the Appalachian trail, you know, some smooth areas really well developed. And the Sierras aren't like that. You know, the Sierras, they'll kill you. You know, it's, that's just how they are. You know, they're very jagged, very rocky. So, you know, we, we definitely don't want to encourage people trying to head into that area without the skills to keep themselves safe up there. So that's probably one of those things that even if we make it up there ourselves, um, we'll still keep it quiet about where that is. Oh yeah. It's understandable. Completely understandable. It's interesting. Yeah. Like when you look at the, 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 the like I said, the, the volume of reports that come out around our area here, I mean, mm -hmm. There's not a lot going on in Tahoe, which is surprise. You know, the Tahoe yeah. area. This yeah. surprises me because mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of wilderness out there, desolation wilderness. You know, it's well, a lot, the majority of it is centered in Sonora. But then, as you start going up north, then you then you hit Willits, which mm -hmm. which tends to be active not all the time, but but there have been just recently, um, you know, a couple what well, a couple of years ago there, there were sightings up in Willits. And then the further north you get, the more active the sightings are. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, down in our area, I I want to say it was on the North American Bigfoot Society website. Oh. Um, they determined that for our area of California, like a certain elevation that the, these sightings seem to occur at, and that elevation it kind of coincides with like Forest Hill and stuff like that. You know yeah. where Forest Hill is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it kind of coincides with that. I can't remember what the number is or what the elevation number is, but it seems like they happen in that range when you get down south here. But once you go further north, I, I don't know if that uh, elevation thing holds true. Interesting. interesting. But yeah. I, but I think for the, for down here, um, I don't know if they if they did an analysis on what season or you know what time of year that these right. are occurring. But it could be that maybe that elevation during that time of the year is enough into the snow line that not a lot of people would be out and about. Mm-hmm. But it's far enough out of the snow that, you know, the, the Bigfoot isn't traipsing through eight foot drifts, that kind of thing. So I kind of think that may have a lot to do with it. And then once it warms up enough, maybe they go further North. I'll have to double check on what they said on North American Bigfoot society. But I remember when I read it, it made sense. I was like, okay, that, that, that sounds about right. Another question I have too, I've been thinking about too, is the stories of the family of Big, the families of Bigfoot. Mm. You know, where people have have said sightings. Has there been anything in recent years like that where, where they've seen a family of them? Well, um, the the guy that shot the Bigfoot, there was um, there's a mom, an adult, okay. and there's two little ones that came out of the bush um, after he shot the big one. Or no, uh, he shot the little one. No, um, no, he's. No, he shot the big one, okay. and, then, know, uh, and then he shot the little one too. But you, I'm telling you, things merge in my mind. So yeah, okay, but some, okay, yeah, that was a family of them. <laughs> There's some shooting going on up there. <laughs> that was a family of them, um, and you know, I think, I think, um, I think maybe the reason why there was like a lot of action at that time when we went to their location was that maybe the um, they were coming back to see, you know, to see where the, uh, the body was or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, but yeah, there was a family of them, definitely a family of them. Um, and there's a lot of reports of families, Bigfoot families, you know, um, they, they do travel in groups. I know that because there's so many reports out there, the Bigfoot family, um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a common thing. Yeah, and yeah, and if you listen to uh, listen to um, a lot of these in uh, a lot of these encounters and stuff, um, I I don't know. I think probably what mainly people are seeing is someone that's more on the protective end, and then the families maybe further in. But I'm not going to be that person that says, "Hey, Bigfoot, I'm going to go past you and go find what's past you." Right. I think most people just turn and burn and get the heck out of there, which you know makes sense because you know we'd be like a little swizzle stick for them. Oh, absolutely. Um, but but if you think about it, I mean, uh, pretty much, when, uh, what primates do you hear of that have precocial young that they just leave alone and don't spend time with. I mean, we raise our children, you know, for 18 years, usually about year 15, they want to get rid of us, but we still force them to stay with us. But, you know, we raise children, you know, other primates and apes, they raise their children. So I I would say that there's definitely the whole family unit thing. And maybe we're just the, the, the large amount of stories is a protective mother or a protective father kind of figure. Interesting. 
Yeah, because you think about the um, who was it? Albert Osman? Was that the story with, the, with Albert Osman? Yeah, he got kidnapped. Yeah, the guy that got uh, that got captured in a sleeping bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know what's funny uh, about that story? Um, this is before I know anything about Bigfoot. Maybe I did, but I just didn't think of it much. I was a kid. I was um, that was uh, one of our um, camp hosts. Um, from church, um, he was like, "Hey, I don't want to scare you kids, but you guys want to hear this story? I'll tell you guys, you know." Okay. And um, and he he mentioned this story. I didn't know it was the uh, Albert Osmond story, but um, I was probably like what twelve or something at the time. And um, he said uh, something about um, him, uh, this 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 kid or this man sleeping in his sleeping bag, and the Bigfoot carried him away on his shoulder and stuff like that. And uh, I, I always remember that, but then now as an adult, when I, I hear the story, you know, I'm like, oh, that's what it was. That's a, that was the story he was telling me, you know, that was a, mm -hmm. but I think, I think that story is real, you know, um, the, uh, the way he was telling it, how the Bigfoot um, was trying to get him to mate with one of the daughter Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can make that up. I don't know. That was that's it's an incredible story, you know. The thing about the tobacco. Yeah, I was just thinking of that the tobacco. Yeah. yeah. Um. What did he say? He 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 gave it tobacco and he started chewing or something. Um. It yeah. screamed. I didn't like it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I I believe that one. I believe that one. You know, because um, there's actually a video out there of him um, talking about it too. Um. You know, because that story, it may, it may seem kind of old, but it's not, you know, it's pretty, I mean, the guy's probably dead now, but yeah, that's yeah. actually him kind of retelling the story. Or yeah. you got the other story, too, of the guys, the, the I guess they were hunters, or they, yeah, hunters, and, the, and they shot one, and they ended up in a cabin, and, they, and the I guess the Bigfoot attacked that night, and there was four big boulders and stuff at the start of the no, cabin. No, Canyon. Yeah, Ape Canyon. Yeah, Ape Canyon. Um you know, that was a project they um, um, out there. I don't know if they found a cabin, but that was a project trying to find that location um, because these were gold prospectors, you know, and they're just, uh -huh. they're just out there looking for gold. Um, that's what it was. Yeah. So that's a very believable story. Um, why would they tell that story if, if they were – why would they make up that story, right? Mm -hmm. I mean – is it possible they made up that story to make scare people away? Yeah, to make way? sure, yeah, scare people away so people won't come to the gold site. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. But they wouldn't have had to make it so elaborate. I mean, that if I wanted to scare people off, I would, I would keep it short, sweet, and very aggressive. Mm -hmm. But the that story is it, it happened over a large period of time. And, hmm. you know, it's not like some, but I mean, if you're out there gold prospecting, you can say, yeah, Bob was with us and I never saw Bob again. You know, that kind of thing. Um, they could have really amped hmm. it up if they wanted to scare people <clears throat> away permanently. Yeah. And in the story, you know, they, they, they mentioned this, uh, the encounter with this thing, like, you know, they shot at it and stuff like that. I think you were making it out. You said, "Yeah, something scared us in the cabin, and you know, scream and try to take our guns." But they were very detailed about what happened prior to all that. You know, 
And so they would they wanted to make up a story. They would just spin that cabin. They wouldn't right. mention the stuff that happened prior. Um, but yeah, that's. But I think I think they found the place. I think finally. Um, but it, that place is like, um, I think they found they found some artifacts from that cabin. Um, but I forgot what happened to that project. But I was trying to help them with that project and try to uh, get people aware, you know, uh, aware, uh, become aware of this place, maybe preserve it, because it is a big part of Bigfoot history. I think um, Ape Canyon, and you got a Albert Osman story. But at least with Ape Canyon, there's a physical location. Right. Preserve, you know. Right. Yeah. So, what do you say to people who, you know, like like I was up in Happy Camp. I've been up mm -hmm. there. Those guys, those Bigfoot guys, are all over there. They got the bright green SUVs with you know, oh yeah, foot on the side and all that going on. I got to go to the, I went to the museum looking at the footprints. Yeah. What do you say to just the general public who want to go out and look for it? You know what? I think probably the the best way if it's if you just want to get out there and look for signs, the, the first thing you could do is just go out, go for a hike, be aware of what you're looking at, and try to solve the things. The thing is, there's a lot of people who are absolute skeptics. They say, "No, Bigfoot does not exist," but they're still Bigfoot hunters because they, it gives them a purpose of going out there in the forest. They want to prove that it doesn't exist, that kind of thing. And they go out there and they find evidence and then they try to disprove how this evidence isn't, you know, a Bigfoot and stuff like that. Um, so if you may, if you're more of a skeptic person, there's plenty of skeptics out there that are out there looking too. And it's just a matter of being, situationally aware you know what's going on keep an eye out for yeah things that don't belong like if you're going out and about here in northern california we have black bears and if you're seeing the tree is torn up at 20 feet above your head that is kind of a bit of an odd thing because the bear would not be scratching it at that height you know their maximum reach is far below that so yeah. You know, those are the kind of things that you go out there and just look around. Yeah. One one of the things I learned uh, as a newbie when I was going Bigfoot hunting with these Bigfoot researchers is that um, they're always looking for tracks, you know. Um, for me as a newbie, when I had my camera with me, my Sony camera just filming everything, I just never look at the ground. I never. But when I started to look at where I'm walking, that's actually a lot of tracks on the ground that you're not aware of, you know. And I went to Sly Park uh, a couple of years ago, and you know I'm like I'm I'm so uh, attuned to looking for tracks, you know, like when I'm going hiking, whatever. So I saw like a big old footprint, bare footprint, barefoot, not 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 barefoot, but a barefoot, you know, like no nothing, yeah, no shoes, naked, naked, <laughs> <laughs> on on the mud, it's massive, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. You all see the toes and everything, everything, the mid thrust break, everything. And um I'm I'm like blown away, right? And I'm like, well, who's gonna be excited as I am? You know, it's like we have friends who came with us too. I'm like, they probably just think it's another footprint, you know, of something, but for me it's massive, you know. But yeah, the point is if if you do what these Bigfoot researchers do, is just keep an eye on the ground everywhere you go. There's tracks everywhere, you know. 
Um, and that's why when you see Bigfoot research and, you know, taking pictures of these tracks, um, that's because they're out looking for tracks. You know, really, that's really the only evidence, really, unless you find the arm, an arm or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's the only physical evidence you got. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, don't these new iPhones have a LiDAR scanner now? Yeah, that's right. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, if you're a new person that's heading out there, you know, I would not say buy the iPhone just to do that. But, you know, get out there and start familiarizing yourself with what different tracks look like. Learn what a bear double step looks like. That's kind of the big one that everybody says, oh, bear double step. So if you learn what you're looking for, you know, then you're like, oh, this is not a bear double step. And then, you know, take a picture of it. You know, make sure you save where that location was. And that's the start of your whole little research folder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of times after a sighting and you report it to the BFRO, they'll go looking for tracks, you know. I mean, that's the most obvious thing to look for. Absolutely. And yeah, that's what these mm – -hmm. and, yeah, when a lot of times the really good sighting the reports, um, they have the evidence, which is the tracks, and they can elaborate more on what's going on and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but, and yeah. – if you're planning on going out there, you know, uh, there's a lot of good videos out there about making a little, a little kits to carry with you uh, that, you know, in case you see something really strange, you can collect it and go home and research it later. Like if you see some strange hairs, you know, you get home and you look at it and you're like, oh, and what's the worst thing that comes out of it? Either A, you found something that you cannot identify and then you need to reach out more to other people, or B, you learn something about nature. Yeah, you, and there's, you know, it could go either way. And either way, I think it's fine. It's good. So I, I highly recommend, you know, as long as you do what you're capable of, you know, your area and stuff like that, you know, go out there and just explore the world. Fabulous. Guys, it's been a great 90 minutes. It's been fun talking to you. I'm glad I didn't even know it was that long. Yeah. <laughs> we just blew right through. I was so excited. This was really fun. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thank you. And if, thanks for having us on. And we would love to have you on again sometime. We'd love and it. And if you want to plug your, your Facebook site and plug a website or anything like that, go ahead and do it right now. Um, well, we've got the Bigfoot Evidence uh, Facebook page. If you type it up there, you'll see a little a little um, emoji-looking character. Um, that's uh, that's our Facebook page. Um, we also run Squatchable.com, so like Sasquatchable, but just Squatchable.com. Um, BigfootEvidence.blogspot.com. That's got a lot of old stuff. Yeah, we don't update that anymore. But, yeah, and but, then. Yeah. There's the Bigfoot evidence, all one word, on YouTube. So. Yeah, you type Bigfoot evidence, two words on YouTube, you won't find us. Okay. Um, but it's one word, Bigfoot evidence, you'll find us. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good stories on there. Yeah, and if you go way back um, on the YouTube channel, uh, you can see a lot more about the Justin Smea stuff if you're new to that whole story. We still got Justin Smea stuff up on there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I'll have to look and see. We okay. had to we had to clean up the YouTube channel because of YouTube. YouTube's YouTube. So yeah, <laughs> you can't talk about you know any uh, shootings or anything like that. So yeah, and unfortunately, that story has a lot of shooting talk <laughs> in it. So <laughs> all right, 
awesome. Well, thank you very much. And again, I'd like to touch base with you later on, or maybe do a show later on with you guys and see what's yeah. going on in the world of Bigfoot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in Sacramento, so maybe we can, uh, we can go Bigfooting together. Sounds good. Go <laughs> or go ghost hunting. Or go ghost hunting. I can do that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. I yes, take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, well, that was a pretty fun show. I've always been interested in that topic, and I know a lot of people are. I'm sorry, I'm actually in a real comfy chair tonight, so I keep slouching down. But anyway, we'll be back next week, um, hopefully, because it is um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I think. And, it's, you know, let's see if we can get a guest in here. Um, might be paranormal, might be some wonderful cause for, for somebody. So we'll have to see who we got, who's coming in. But I can tell you guys that there's a lot going on with this show. Uh, tonight we got to broadcast on YouTube and Facebook at the same time. And we're probably going to be broadcasting via Periscope as well. That's coming up. And um, probably the way the interest in this show is going with people that want to be on now, um, we're probably looking at either going to the two-hour format for a guest, a different guest, you know, for each hour, or I'm going to go to a Monday-Wednesday format with it to uh, get some more airtime. So we'll see how that flies. And again, be on the lookout for our <laughs> be on the lookout for our Patreon. We're going to have our California Haunts newsletter up there, and uh, you guys can have a member join membership for that. Again, we are nonprofit, so all this stuff comes out of my pocket to finance the internet here and the shows and whatnot. So you know, if, if you have a if you, if you have a few bucks, I hate to beg. This is like P, like PBS. But if you have a few bucks to, to loan, uh, you can see our uh, or to, to, to put in. You can you, you can see our uh, ticker running at the bottom, and that's where you do it at PayPal. Uh, it'll help a great deal to, to keep us on the air, and uh, I can book a lot more guests and whatnot. But it was fun tonight, and I will see you guys next week, okay? Talk to you later. <laughs>